the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That's why I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. On these Wednesdays, we talk with our friend uh, Sean Bolson. Uh, he is in Wilmer. I'm in Devil's Lake, North Dakota here for a little while, taking care of of uh, my beloved uncle up here who just uh, moved into the uh, skilled care facility. Uh, they call it up here, so I wanted to be here from, for him for a while and, and uh, get a chance to talk to Sean on the phone. Then instead of in studio, usually we're face-to-face on these Wednesdays, Sean. But, you know, family's important to all of us, and I'm up here uh, taking care of family. You were, uh, you know, I think watching family on TV over the weekend, weren't you? Yeah, I was. You know, it's uh, it's exciting to, you know, help out your family, see them. That's what we all do. Uh, yeah. Yep. This weekend, obviously, you're talking about Cade. They played North Dakota in the first round of the playoffs, and Friday night was exciting. They won uh, two to one. He had a great assist on the uh, game winner it was super exciting you know mm. coming back from injury you know he had struggled a bit this year and then he really got in the flow of the last eight ten games and, and was playing great so that was exciting and then uh, the next night we lost three to one with an empty netter and we were tied with 10 minutes left on sunday night and lost so north dakota mm. will play st cloud state at the x here on the on friday not us so that season is done so now i'm ready uh, for the weather to turn and it to become golf season that's right uh the players championship was on uh this last weekend and uh you know i watched some of that and and scotty scheffler boy he really played well i mean he stepped forward and and had the lead going into the last round and and uh you know i'm not saying he's tiger woods clearly but but he stepped on the gas and he never allowed anybody else in the field to even think that they had a chance of catching him i thought that was a pretty impressive performance yeah, I did too. I thought it was perfe- uh, very, you know, impressive. I wasn't overly excited about Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have, for, for me, I kind of like a little of the wow factor. When Tiger was winning that many tournaments, you tuned on because it was really exciting. Yep. Uh, it doesn't excite me. John Rahm is a little bit more of that than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, But John Rahm, obviously, you know, w- wasn't really in the hunt in the tourney. Um, you have Rahm and you have McElroy. It was fun to see Fowler come back. But other than that, a lot of these guys that are at the top of the PGA Tour board uh, right now aren't. They don't do it for me. I mean, no. yeah, they're great golfers. You know, watching Morikawa. So, but I, I miss everybody. Some of you know my favorite personalities are still on the other tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I was exciting to watch because that finish with hole 17, the Island Green. I mean, that's always a you know captivating tournament. Other yeah. than a major, you know, it, it, it's the best. But yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was fun to see. Uh, he's he's really good. He's winning a ton. But, you know, in my book, it's not real exciting to watch him. Yeah, you know, who moves the needle on the PGA Tour right now? Who is someone that, uh, you know, more casual golf fans will say, hey, he's in the tournament this weekend. I yeah. might watch a little more than I normally do. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. Tiger Woods kind of broke the mold. And then he had Phil Mickelson with him. He was another guy who moved the needle. But there, you know, Tiger's his late 40s. Phil's already in his 50s and is over on the Live Golf Tour. And as you referenced, a couple of the big personalities on the PGA Tour 
are now playing for live with Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Now, Dustin Johnson wasn't necessarily a big personality, but his game was so much fun to watch. So so he's missing, too. And, and I think that those three guys probably move the needle more than a lot of the guys right now outside of Rory uh, on the PGA Tour. Yeah, you know, Cam Smith, too, was yeah, actually that's right. getting into that. You know, another one on the other tour. and uh, Rory does it. Uh, I do think... Um, there's a big generation of followers that enjoy Ricky and mm-hmm. he's kind of relevant again now. Mm-hmm. I think he's top 20 mm-hmm. uh, this year. And I think he would be somebody that would probably be a personality. But other than that, I mean, your true golf fans, you know, my buddies that I golf with, they're going to watch the tournament regardless. But you know, the, the one guy who was leading Kitayama, I think it was for a while I'm looking in and I'm going like, that this is just not exciting. Like I'm not cheering for the, you know, so I, I don't know. That's, it's just a weird deal in golf. When you go through a tiger woods, um, who essentially it turned into tiger versus Phil. Yes. So it was almost like the old Celtics Lakers, except tiger was way bigger. You either were cheering for one or the other. And you know what? Those two are going to make a run every single week. Uh, you really have kind of a letdown when it comes to, exciting players to captivate you, uh, you know, for a weekend of golf. But um, still fun to watch, but I do think they're missing that. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, a while back, when Scheffler was on his great run last spring, and which culminated in a Masters championship, um, yep. based on how many tournaments, I mean, he dominated the junior circuit uh, when he was on it, especially uh, the tour, uh, junior tour that was kind of based out of the Dallas area, which is where he's from, or North Texas area, at least, where he won like 40 out of 65 events he played in or something like that. And so I thought, well, maybe Scotty Scheffler is the next a player who can rack up, you know, five, six, seven major championships. Now, that's a long ways from the one he has so far, but you add the players' championship now. And what I like about Scheffler, and, and I agree, he's not a huge personality, but what I like about him is he takes a lot of swings that look like some of the swings that I take. Of course, he makes a lot better contact, but his feet are moving around. He'll uh, manipulate his swing to work the ball left and right. He'll have some really strange-looking finishes. I think if Scheffler keeps winning, I think he could start to move the needle for the PGA Tour. Well, that'd be good because I, I don't think his game's going anywhere. He's yeah. been really good for a while, and he just keeps getting better. So, um yeah, for me, not so much on him, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they need a captivating uh, personality to come out of this. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, PGA Tour heading on toward the Masters, uh, then coming up in April, and then we've got the, the PGA Championship in May, the U.S. Open in June, and the um, British Open then in July. So they've really uh, kind of stacked things up and, and big changes, I guess, coming in 24 uh, to the PGA Tour calendar. At least so far, Sean, the 3M Open uh, hosted in the Twin Cities, which Tanya and I enjoy going to, but that is not one of the designated or elevated events. So it's going to continue at least for now to be basically the PGA tour has set up a top tour and it's like an uh, it's like uh, in in soccer overseas they have the champions tour that's the teams that win the six major uh, leagues that they have and then they play in a champions league and they determine the the winner out of there it's almost becoming that on the PGA tour where if you're not winning uh, or if you're winning and you get into the top 70 they're saying now there's going to be no cut events be guaranteed prize pool uh, things like that they're, they're kind of creating a Champions League within their own tour, it looks like, right now. Yeah, you know, they had to do something to combat the money thing yep. with Liv. Um, 
And so, you know, I'm sure we'll see some changes. Bottom line, we just want to see the best golf that's out there come mm-hmm. to us and us be able to watch, uh, you know, as often as we can. Uh, nothing's going to, you know, compare with the majors. Right. I, I do love, you know, everybody's like, what's your favorite major? And if it's the, the week of the British Open, I'm telling you it's the British Open because I like <laughs> the elements. I like those pros to look humanly. When I don't like it when it's, you know, 65 and sunny, but when they, they go over in Scotland and you get, 30 mile an hour wind blowing yeah. sideways and it's misting. I mean, it makes us feel a little closer to them when they're, you see people shooting in 80, which kind of funny, but uh, I enjoy every single major. The masters is great. The U S open is fun. So yeah. um, no, no tournaments are going to compete with that, which is, which is, you know, for a reason, those are special. They always have been. So yeah. um, by elevating some of the other tournaments, you essentially are making, you know, those tournaments, you know, like a junior, uh, you know, huge tournament, and then you're making tournaments like the the 3M and uh, in Blaine, yeah. kind of like minor league events. So, it is. Um, you know, it's you, you get excited to go there and watch, and we 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 turn out and as Minnesotans. The fans are huge. Yeah, but yeah, you're really watching a junior squad there. You are. It it is the it's the second league. It's like it's a tiered league. The the first tier and the second tier and the 3M Open is definitely a second tier event on the PGA Tour at this point, but that could change. Hollis Kavner is a well-respected guy in the world of professional golf. He's the operator uh, of that event, and uh, maybe he can get it to be a designated event on a rotating basis. I've heard that that might be part of the plan anyway, is that, you know, if it isn't a major or the Players' Championship, uh, and then there's a couple of others that'll be uh, elevated or designated events every year, but that they're going to have a rotation of their other two events where they will be a designated event uh you know once every three years or something like that and shucks i'd take that for the 3m open and and uh, happily go out and watch uh you know the big timers uh play in that tournament at some point even if it is just on a rotating basis yeah i think that'd be great it would give uh give all these cities reward them for uh you know putting in all the time and effort to host the tournament Hey, uh, you know, we talk about Kirk Cousins a lot because quarterbacks are talked about a lot in the in the world of, of sports talk. It is the most compelling position uh, in all of sport is the quarterback of an NFL team, at least in my opinion, and, and others, uh, you know, kind of feel the same way. What do you make of uh, the Vikings and Cousins restructuring his contract for some salary cap relief, but not adding any years onto it? So he, at least at this point, and it could change still in the offseason, uh, he's only has the one year left on his contract. Do you think they get to this year and, and decide to, to play out the last year of his deal or is a, an extension coming before the offseason is over? Well, what I don't understand, and, and again, I'm, I'm not a salary cap guru, right. but why would he restructure it and not get any more money or get any more years? Mm-hmm. I know, you know, it doesn't make, it seems like this is a first step to, you know, possibly more that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, He's restructuring it this year saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I need to restructure to make some more room to help the team. I will as the team, you know, plans for a future. I do think they're going to get them for, you know, a couple more years. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, that's certainly one way to look at it is, yeah, I'll do this now and, and then you guys take care of me on the back end. Uh, he, he may be, uh, they, it's possible they went to him and said, look, if you want to try and win uh, this year, we need some salary cap relief. He's he's getting the same money. He didn't take less money uh, to do this. Obviously, it's just, you know, the salary cap hit is spread out over three years. Interesting, anyway, that that, that happened.
happened with the Vikings yesterday. And then they signed some cornerback who I'm not really sure of, and Garrett Bradbury to a three-year extension. I just don't know who they would replace Bradbury with. Has he been the Vikings' best center of all time? Does he compare to Mick Tinglehoff? No. But he's been a serviceable center who seemed to get better uh, so far in his career, and the Vikings obviously are projecting him to continue on an upward trajectory. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, big position. And in my uh, when I was growing up, you know, I think of centers. I think of Kirk Loudermilk. You remember mm-hmm. he was yes, a man in the middle for a long time. Yeah, that center's huge. And uh, I, I'm excited that uh, that we did lock him up. I've preached for a while that I do think we need to continue to lock up the offensive line because um, w- with a cousin with a quarterback that is as accurate as Cousins, you need to protect him in the pocket because. We've talked a hundred times. He's not mobile. Uh, he's not going to, uh, you know, use his feet as a weapon as part of his game. No, he's been an effective rusher at times, mm-hmm. but uh, he's not mobile. He's not going to escape that pocket. So really sure enough, that offensive line to really give him a comfortable spot to throw from is going to be huge. So I, t- to me, this is a really big deal. Yeah, no doubt. So hopefully they are headed in the right direction with that. Uh, you know, I kind of would like to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets just to get him out of the Vikings division. Yeah. I think that helps the Vikings. If if Rodgers leaves and, and goes to the Jets, they couldn't trade him possibly further away because the Vikings just had the AFC East on their uh, non-conference schedule this last season. So they won't see him for four years, which means they probably won't see him again unless it's in the Super Bowl. And, okay, I'd take that if they meet up with the Jets in the Super Bowl with the Vikings. But, uh, you know, odds are long, of course, on that. But, yeah, he's he's gone for the rest of his career, probably, if the if he winds up going to the Jets, which we still don't know if that's going to happen. I guess it could. Nobody really knows for sure. Maybe not even Aaron Rodgers at this point. Uh, I think it appears as though he's agreed to go to the Jets. But can uh, Packers and Jets reach reach uh, uh, trade compensation? That remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. You know, we've always thought he was kind of a diva when it comes to Mm-hmm. You know, he's just always really needs the attention. And now his wish list I saw on the NFL Network last night, yeah. you know, all the players that he wants. And, the, and the, you know, they can have them. I, uh, the, the Jets, uh, you know, had a pretty good defense. Their offense was absolutely pathetic. They were trying to go between Zach Wilson and, you know, some of their backups. They had that, I think, Mike White, who, you know, was a serviceable backup, and he led them to some wins. And they actually weren't that far from having a really nice team. So could Rodgers put him over the edge? You know, I, I don't know. That's a division that, uh, you know, um, we, we don't get to see very often. We did get to see it last year. I, I, I truly don't wish him, like, huge success there. Right. But I, having him out of the NFC, there's two ways to look at it. Yeah. You know, I, I, he, he is he's a great quarterback. He has been a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I look forward to be, having a chance to beat him couple times a year but if he leaves we don't have to worry and that really does uh you know it, it makes the Packers a middle of the road team without Rodgers we've said that for years you know when they have to play with a non-Hall of Fame quarterback um you know it'll, it'll be a different feeling for him so either way um he's not somebody I want on my team somebody asked me the other day well what about Rodgers here and I said no I said Brett Favre loved him yeah uh, you know we didn't like the Packers but Brett Favre did it right and I was super excited to cheer for him Aaron Rodgers just isn't the kind of guy I cheer for. So, yeah. uh, you know what? Take off, go to New York, uh, maybe the big lights, big city. I mean, he's proven over and over he loves the attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think he's going to make his announcement, you know, on the Pat McAfee show on, what, Thursday? You know, I heard about today. that. Today. Is it today? Yep, yep. So, who, who knows? Um, let him do his thing. Uh, bottom line, our division, 
if he leaves, you know, it helps the Vikings in the division. So um, I, I'm not going to miss him. You know, and if he stays in the NFC, you know, who do you have him as a, as a better quarterback in the NFC? Maybe Jalen Hurts at Philadelphia, but that's it. And, and, and that's no slam dunk that Hurts is better. He goes to the AFC. You know, I'd take probably Josh Allen ahead of him. I'd definitely take Joe Burrow ahead of him. You'd probably take Lamar Jackson, although we don't know where he's going just yet. Um, you would uh, probably take, obviously, uh, Mahomes and Herbert. Uh, also ahead of him. So you're kind of trading for the fifth or sixth best quarterback in your conference. If he goes to the AFC, stays in the NFC, he's arguably the best QB in the conference. So, uh, you know, the Jets, well, they think he might get them to the Super Bowl. They might be in for a rude awakening. I didn't think Rodgers had a very good year this last year. No, he wasn't accurate. Um, You know, he had the one game against the Vikes where he torched us. Um, Was that, uh, was it New Year's Eve? Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, where it absolutely was great, but you know our defense was was not great. The shell on the back end, he just picked it apart. If you give the guy time and he has weapons, you know he can get it done. Um, but he wasn't very accurate the whole year because as he started to feel pressure, he became more you know inaccurate and and just seems to really be okay with blaming his teammates. You know that's kind of been a trend. You know he's he's very good at calling people out when things are bad and when he's bad doesn't really take. That, that's right. I just don't think he's the kind of guy that, that a lot of people cheer for. So maybe, you know, Broadway is the place for him. You know, he likes the bright lights and the big stage and, and see what could happen. So, yeah, I, I do hope he goes. Yeah. Uh, the Twins are about a 500 team in spring training. I don't really put much stock in spring training numbers, of course. I just like to see how the pitchers look. And honestly, the Twins are getting a lot of good pitching. Even Bailey Ober, who pitched for them yesterday, who's a, a young pitcher in their organization, probably not going to be in the rotation. Uh, he's looked good. Uh, they've got some of their guys. Yohan Teran is already throwing 102 miles an hour in spring training. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that the Twins pitching this year is a good deal better than last year. And then it's always, you know, health predicated as long as they don't have guys go down with arm injuries but Maeda's back from his surgery Tyler Malley is back we'll see how he looks like they traded for him at the trade deadline last year with the Reds and and if Buxton and Correa can be healthy a couple of uh, really fun guys to watch in the lineup so I'm optimistic about this twin season yeah and the twins you know they've been entertaining over the last couple years they have you know have they faded well I think it was last year they faded at the end you know you're you're the you're our baseball aficionado. Yep. yep. But we, we were in the lead for, you know, a big chunk of the season, kind of faded towards the end. You know, we keep hearing that, you know, we just didn't have the pitching. and But they're always entertaining to watch. And you know what? In the summertime, spring and summertime, uh, there's a time where baseball is really enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I'm not the fan you are. Right. But having a team that's, uh, you know, competitive and when you go watch, you know, you're not going to get beat eight rip all the time. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's right. So we'll look forward to the twin season. Lots of golf yet. And, Sean, even though I'm going to be up here in North Dakota quite a bit this spring and summer, we're still going to get some golf in. I look forward to it. Yeah, Thursday, July 6th is the Pro-Am at Little Crow this year. So uh, bringing them into the mix. And and, uh, Sean and Greg and Jeff and I will put together our team and see if we can't finish in the top half of the Pro-Am. I don't think we've pulled that off yet, have we? Well, we need some people on our team to pick it up. Let's just leave it at that, right? (laughs) That's right. Uh, Sean, thanks so much. Have a good day, Todd. You bet. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.